0: Hey, family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, his gospel, and what living life in his kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Uh, You guys ready for some word today? How many of you guys came to be entertained? Nobody, not one hand, you came to be entertained. That's a great sign. You know, it's happening all over America right now. People just been entertained, man. I'm not against a good show. I'm not against excellence and preparation. I just never want to take that slippery slope of trying to entertain saints, hoping they come back the next week. So I want you to know you are in a house of purity this morning. you're in a house of purity this morning I care more about presence than I do presentation you hear what I just said I care more about being a man of presence than I do presentation you'll kind of see that today in the message I don't have really much of a message but I honestly don't sit around and try to prepare sermons anymore Um, I just believe in sharing what I've been eating on and kind of like what God's been speaking to me and that's kind of like what I come and and I tell our family. It's a dangerous thing to try to give away something you haven't. It's a dangerous thing to try to export something you haven't been importing. And uh, for years, I was the guy, oh, this would be a great sermon. And I was so immature. I didn't even know any different. And because people responded to it, I thought, that must be the Lord. Right? If you minister out of your soul, guess what you touch? The soul of people. But if you minister out of your spirit, guess what you touch? The spirit of people. If it's born in your head, you'll probably touch the head of people. But if it's born in your heart, you'll probably touch the heart of people. So today I just want to share the gospel with you. Before I get started, um, I want you guys to help me out. We've got a few families that we would like to help. We have an organization that we partner with. help some children. If you would love to be a part of helping us to help kids who are really legitimately, and families that can't help themselves, I'd love to have you help us do that. On that tree in the back left corner of our worship center, there's some tags like this. If you want to be a part of doing that, just grab you one of those tags before you leave and stop by the connection desk, and they'll take the rest from there. If you could uh, purchase those and bring them back this ne- next coming week, that will be awesome. At the latest will be, I have it on here, the 19th, so that's two Sundays from now. But if you want to be a part of helping a kid or a family that desperately cannot help themselves, you have an opportunity. I told my son yesterday driving down the street, he was telling me about some more stuff that he wanted for Christmas, and he was like, Dad, you know, I play with this one kid that did the park. Anybody ever heard of Beyblades? I'm like, oh, my God, whoever, whoever made that is making some money right now. I'm like, I bet he don't have any in his own house because they are disturbing. But anyway, thank you. Um, but my son was saying, I play with a kid at the park. He'd never heard of Beyblades, and he was having such a good time. And then he went to tell me how many Beyblades he wanted for Christmas, you know. And I said, you know what would be really awesome? What if we go buy him some Beyblades? He looked at me. He's like, yeah, that'd be really great if we buy him some Beyblades. But you know the ones, I really want that. I really want the... Um, <laughs> And so without me trying to say, honor, the Bible says. And I was like, you know what Jesus said, Bubba? Jesus said, it's really more blessed to give than to receive. And he said, I bet that really feels great. I said, it does feel great. And you are going to do it this year out of your own money. You're going to buy, you're going to buy a blade blade for this young man. He's like, if you give me the money, Dad, I'll do it. Then you, know, you defeat the purpose. You didn't feel it if I did it for you. If I give God the sacrifice of praise, you didn't feel it. It's not a sacrifice to you. That's mine, right? So you give it. So it's more blessed to give than receive. I want to really be a part of helping some families. We do a lot that you guys never know about. Everything from paying mortgages, buying groceries, to just down the list. But I do want to make it available for you guys to help us to impact some families. It's a good thing to do. Uh, This coming up Friday night is our prayer night. Listen, we pray the second Friday of every month. 6.30 6:30 to 7:30. It's really not a long prayer set at all. I would love to have 50 people here this Friday night. 6:30 to 7:30, we pray the second Friday night of the month. Um, I would love to have you guys just to come and pray with us uh, this Friday night. You know what? In my what's in my heart, I just want to exactly what I read today. I just want to give my gift to to Abba as we pray. That's really what I, that's really what I want to do if you want to come and just pray with us, I would love to have you do that. Our kids welcome. Absolutely. I have rooms open. If you want to take your kid and get away for a little bit, if you think they're crazy, but trust me, your kids screaming really doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm, it's a sign of life. Like I always make a joke about my kids. Like the first time when we, when we had my son, my firstborn, I was like, man, is man. Parents are chumps. This is so easy. Like my son just didn't have a cry. Just never had a cry. I had my little girl. And I was like, Lord, I just repent of all my pride and I just <laughs> this, like, I don't know what happened with her, but my son, you know, she's my Tasmanian angel. I just want to say that and, and leave it there. But, you know, you can bring your kiddos with you. I think they need to be a part of what we do. Um, that's why we have them in worship. I've had pastors say, man, you're crazy for having kids in there. I'm like, no, you're probably crazy because you don't. Like, I want them to see and feel and absorb while we do what we do and watch us. I don't care if they got a tablet. That's okay. Let them come and be a part, right? Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, and I'm going to read Luke 2. Um, yeah, probably going to be all over the place just for a little bit. Isaiah chapter 9. Now, I really want to read from verse 1. I'll just start at verse 6. Let me read the refrigerator verse to you. And then Luke chapter 2. I want to read King James specifically today. Something I really never do a lot. Shy. When uh, Sawyer quoted this during our transition time, I knew okay, I'm supposed to be doing this. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says this. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. This is about roughly 700 years before Jesus. And the government shall be upon his what? Seems like a very cruel thing to do, to set a government on the shoulders of a kid right but this child his name shall be called these are all capital here his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty God I can get it if you call this child a wonderful counselor but don't call him God and then you call the child watch this everlasting what How can a child be a father? And how can a father be in the child? The prince of what? Peace. Of the increase of his government. So the government that is upon his shoulders, it's his own government. (laughs) And the government, the increase of it and its peace, there shall never be an end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, he'll order it and he'll establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. And just so you know who says it, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, he will perform this. Let's look at Luke's gospel chapter two. Luke's gospel chapter two. Verse one, Luke's gospel chapter two. And it came to pass in those days, that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor over Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone, into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, which, by the way, means the house of bread. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David. And he went to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife. She was great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in swaddling cloth. And she laid him in a manger. By the way, if you didn't know, a manger is a feeding trough. She laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And it was in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Come on, say all people. Come on, he did not say, which shall be to Christians. People don't like it when you actually talk about the Bible as if you're reading the Bible. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. That's a serious mistranslation. Literally, the heavens were filled with an innumerable company of angels and they all began to sing, saying this, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, what? On earth, what? One more time, on earth, what? And goodwill toward men. I want you to understand, God is not pissed off at nobody. On earth, shalom. And from heaven toward all men, goodwill. And it came to pass, as the angels had gone away from them into the heavens, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go, even unto the house of bread, and let's see the thing which shall come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they heard and seen as it was told unto them. Yahweh, let your word do exactly what you meant it to do today. Let it encourage hearts. Let it convict where conviction is needed. Let it bring warmth where warmth is needed. I honor you today. It's my joy to share the simple gospel of your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Taylor. This is Advent. Actually, it's the second week of Advent. We usually celebrate hope and on the first week, peace. On the second week, joy. On the third week, and love. On the last week, as we celebrate just literally the birth of Christ into the planet. And today, I want to talk just a little bit about peace, but a little bit about what was going on during Advent. What we view today as a phenomenal joy-filled story wasn't necessarily joy to the people that were living in it, right? How many of you guys were here last week by show of hands, right? Anybody get blessed by the word last week, right? So, but that wasn't necessarily joy to them when they were going through it, right? Zachariah and Elizabeth went through a pretty hard time, I promise you. If I was God, I would have left a lot of stuff out of the Bible, I wouldn't have put some of the stuff in the Scripture that is in the Scripture because I'm like, man, I I would have been like, let's leave that out. That right there is a little, little too raw or a little too real, but God just puts it in the Scripture for us. Jesus was born in a time of, watch this, when the Jews were oppressed by Rome. So he was born in a time of oppression. That would have been the norm of his culture. He was born in a time when they had a heightened awareness, watch this, of cultural tensions, like literal cultural tensions. They also, watch this, had major race issues in the days of Jesus. There were really stark sexual differences in the days of Jesus. Even sexual oppression, you could say, based off, watch this, whatever your gender was. And by the way, there were two. They had real major political tensions in the days of Jesus. Now, if I didn't put in the days of Jesus behind any of these statements, you would have thought I'm talking about today's day. Because we have a lot of oppression in our day. We have crazy heightened cultural tensions in our day. And because of the media... The race issue is really blown majorly out of proportion in our day. And we always bite all of these hook, line, and sinker. If they cannot divide us, watch watch what the media has done. and, and, And tell me, has this affected you? Have you taken the bait? They didn't have a social media in the days of Jesus. But they definitely had heralds that would control things. I want you to listen and tell me, have you taken some of the bait of this? Like in some capacity... We all have. Let's try to divide them, watch this racially. And one thing happens or two things happens, or three things happens, we will blow that up on the news, because if we can control what people hear and see, listen, we can control how a nation responds. And if a nation isn't going the way we want it to go. All we got to do is create a division in the nation. Listen to what I'm telling you. So (laughs) let's highlight when something goes wrong to create further division. Let's try to divide them racially. Well, when that didn't work the way they wanted it to. Let's go back to one of our classics. Let's go back to dividing them politically. Boy. Boy. When that didn't go the way they wanted to, what can we do now? Let's try to get them on gender and sex. When that doesn't work, what can we do now? Well, what else do we got left? Oh, 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 we can we can we can we can make it be the vax against the unvaxed. When that doesn't work, what do we do now? We will go down in history as the most easily offended generation to ever live. People get offended by the name of rice. I'm going to say it again. People got offended over the name of rice and who made it. Give Uncle Ben a break. (laughs) And Aunt Jemima being on, watch this. Pancake syrup was actually a pretty big deal. It was a victory to them. But because we live in an offended culture, you couldn't even have that. The Washington Redskins, I am a Native American, by the way. I'm not offended if you call me Native American Indian because I is one. Man, are you white? I'm offended because you call me white. It's like me saying, Juan, are you offended that you're a black man? I'm not offended that I'm a brown man. Matter of fact, why would I get offended about something that I had no choice in picking? Furthermore, why would I have pride about something that I didn't even choose? God cared enough about Juan to make him black and enough about Stephen to make him white and enough about me to make me caramel. I'm not offended. It was red-skinned people, by the way, that came up. (laughs) And they made us offended at what we came up with and said, you should be offended at that. That's Jesus grew up in this kind of culture. Talk about a day that needed a savior. But they were waiting. Remember, 400 years between Malachi and Matthew, roughly, the last book of the Old Covenant. And the first of the new, 400 years of no angel, angelic visitation, no prophecies, no preaching, no miracles, no songs been born of heaven. No heaven creativity and oppression is happening. Cultural tension is happening. Race issues are happening. Yet it was in this kind of climate that God said, now the earth's atmosphere is ripe for the revealing of the Messiah. And the scripture says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This is amazing to me now when I read it. See, how you view God is very important. And the lenses through which you view God is very important. well, I don't know, I've never seen God. Well, how you view Jesus is very important because how you view Jesus will determine how you see God. Because Jesus said, when you see me, you see my father. You do not get a clear expression of God or Yahweh, who I affectionately call Papa, by looking at Moses. If you look at Moses to find out what God's like, you'll stone people. It's quiet up in this Baptist church today. If you look at Abraham to find out what God's like, <laughs> you might sacrifice your kids. If you look at David to find out exactly what God's like, you might slaughter a lot of people in the process. You ever, I, I read Psalms sometimes and I'm like, boy, what kind of revelation do they have of God at the time? David's like, God, I pray that you take out their great cheek teeth. I'm like, man of peace. God, break the arms of the wicked. They were in desperate need of a real revelation of heaven and about what the father was like. So God said, now I want to reveal him. The nation is reeling, but the nation is in waiting. You're talking about the nation of Israel is a people that is born of promise. I've heard the prophecies of Ezekiel about seeing one who was likened to be the son of man. Daniel says one is coming, the son of man. Jeremiah prophesied about one coming whose word would be like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces and his word would be like fire. All these guys had prophecies about him and they were looking for him. Man, by the time Jesus came, I mean, they were so oppressed. They'd take anybody that would come on the scene. But now we really want a Messiah to come, but mainly we want him to come and throw off the oppressive rule of Rome so we can worship the way we want to worship. We can quit paying these crazy high taxes, and we can get back to doing life the way we wanted it to be, and we can make a sham of the religious sacrificial system and make all the money we want. God, would you please come and do that? And God was coming in the middle of their advent. He was coming in the middle of their way but not the way they wanted him to come first off i want you to see this god was born of a virgin i said god was born of a virgin the creator chose to be born by creation come on the the producer said i want to be born by my product certainly god would let his son be born to a preacher And maybe a woman who has an amazing testimony. Do you understand that in the days of Jesus, they would have called him a bastard child? Do you understand that? Because his dad was not married to his mom when she got pregnant. Come on. And the scripture says in the gospel of Matthew that Joseph thought privately, I'm going to put her away because if I make this public, they will stone her. And it was such a big deal that an angel had to come to him in a dream. Because you messing it up while you're awake. So I got to visit you in a dream and let you know what she is carrying may not be of you, but it is of me. And if I leave you alone to carnal wisdom, you will abort what I'm trying to give birth to in the planet. Joseph, what she's carrying is mine. And Joseph moved with godly fear in a dream chose to remain with his wife and to bear the reproach of it. Isaiah prophesied of Jesus. Isaiah was the eagle eye prophet. Man, he could see things. In the days of Isaiah, the nation was also divided. They were partly in a, 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 a idolatry. I mean, they were just living in a mess. And in the middle of all that, he inserts a prophecy into his life. And he said, in Isaiah 7 and 14, he actually says, a virgin will conceive and she will give birth to a son. A what? A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. Virgins don't conceive because virgins don't have seed. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And his name will be called Emmanuel, which means. Interesting, all the days of Jesus, nobody never said, hey, Emmanuel. They never said, good sermon, Emmanuel. They never said, thank you for raising the dead, Emmanuel. Because Emmanuel was not so much a title to him. Emmanuel spoke to us about who he was. Emmanuel, which means what? Now when you see me preach, you'll know God is with us. When you see me open the eyes of the blind, you know God is with us. When you see me open the ears of the deaf, you'll know God is with us. When you see me embrace sinners, you'll know God is With you, And he would go on to say, unto us a child is born, watch this, but a son is. Children are born, but a son will be given. Why is that important, Isaiah? Well, let me tell you the names and you'll know why. It's almost like Isaiah didn't know what to call him. And as as he's getting this revelation out of his spirit, he says, I see the day coming that a child will be born. And I see that they come in that a son will be given. The birth is beautiful. But when he says given, he's going to literally give his life as a sacrifice. A child will be born, but a son is going to be given. Okay, Isaiah, what do you see? And he says, I see his name. What's his, what's his name going to be? What's his name going to be? What's his name going to be? Oh, his name will be called Wonderful because this boy will be filled with wonder. <laughs> his name will be called Wonderful Man. Wonderful, comma Counselor. Which, by the way, that title is not given to any other being in the whole of Scripture. He's the only one called Counselor. <laughs> His name will be, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Okay, okay, that's kind of weird. Okay, Isaiah, watch this. The mighty God. What? God being born, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Almighty God. Then he says, "This the everlasting Father. How can a how can he be a father when he's a son? How can a father be born?" And I can, you can just see Isaiah just unraveling this. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. I love this now. But he shall be called. He's regal. He shall be called. The prince of peace. Usually you're the prince of a nation. Or you're the prince of the land that you domineer or have rule over. And the land that he domineers over is one of peace. Peace. Peace is the oxygen of heaven. Peace. Jesus lived 33 years of peace. Peace. Shalom. Peace. Actually, this word peace here, when you read predominantly in the in the in the new covenant, is literally the word Irene. It's tranquility. Inwardly first, outwardly second. So much peace he slept in storms when other people were freaking out. Jesus came to bring peace. He's a prince of a place called peace. I want to dissect this Christmas story. And just pull some things out that maybe they'll speak to you for a little bit. So much in here. First, I want you to see this. I first heard this revelation from this gentleman sitting on the front row, Mark Marshall, I guess two years ago now. Moved my heart. I read something about it the other day on Facebook. Another brother mentioned, I thought, man, I need to dig into this. Understand that Micah 5 prophesied and said the Savior was coming from Bethlehem. But... A child can't get himself to Bethlehem. See, there's a time in your life that God has words for you, especially when you're young, you don't even know how to position yourself for that word. So how do you get there? I'm 38 now. If God tells me something, I'm old enough to know, well, I need to position myself. If, if I say, Mark, hey, Mark, I want you to catch this. Stand up for me, Pastor Mark. I want you to catch it. Show me a posture that says you're going to catch it. His posture says he's ready. Show me a posture that says you're not ready. No, he's not, he's not ready. You know, God's speaking to a lot of people. I'm going to do this for you, and we're doing just like that. But, the, but proof that you're really ready, your posture says everything, right? So his posture says he's ready, so I give it to him because his posture said he was ready. Jesus, as a baby, could not posture himself for the word that Yahweh spoke over him to happen. So how did it happen? God said, I'm fixing to tax the world to create movement in your life. And I'm going to tax the world or anything connected to you to start you moving in the direction to get you to the place where you need to be so that what I spoke over you will actually happen. I will tax it. Oftentimes, before Jesus was become of age, the Bible says this. Matthew, Matthew chronicles this beautifully. Matthew would say, say something like this. When Joseph took Mary, after he had the dream, that this is God's son, another angel comes and says, don't you go back to that place with him. Go to Egypt. What? Now, J- J- Jesus is still a baby. Why am I going to go to Egypt? Because Egypt is where they held us in bondage for 430 years. I'm not going there. But the angel said, no, go to Egypt. Why? And he says this, that it might be fulfilled, that was spoken up by the prophet, out of Egypt I've called my son. So God says, before you are mature enough to know how to position yourself, I will cause some stuff to happen that will put you in the position where you can properly be set so that the word I've spoken over you will happen. But don't underestimate it. There's coming a time and a place of maturity in all of our lives where we have to make godly decisions based off what God told us for the word to come to pass. Jesus, as a boy here, has to get to Bethlehem because the word has been lingering for several hundred years. But how does it happen? God says, I got this. Watch me be God. I'm going to put it into Caesar's heart to tax the whole world to create movement over the whole world. And millions of people started moving, but really for the purpose of one man. Do you understand how much God will move just to get purpose to come out of you? And God will release a taxing situation on the planet to make sure we are where we need to be. Do you understand that it was not my intention to come to Edmond? I had a really nice home and a really secure job, and I was a part of a really good church, and I was probably fine and dandy for the most part. But God gave me a word almost 12 years ago in the church that I was serving at by a guy named Dale Gentry. He said, the day will come, young man, that they will run you out of this church. And I'll never forget it. My father-in-law, who was the pastor of that church, looked at me when it was all said and done and said, what do you think that meant? I said, I don't have no clue, Pop. He said, grab your coat and let's go to Chili's. But God will create a taxing situation to get you to move so that his purpose doesn't die in you. And the best way to get a person to move out of a comfortable situation is to create uncomfort, is to create discomfort. The eagle stirs the nest because she has all of this rabbit fur and squirrel fur, and they're covering all those hard thorns. And the Bible said in Deuteronomy that he would stir the nest, and the eagle would stir the nest by taking away the soft stuff and exposing the thorn. To get you to move. And God said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stir the nest in Nazareth to get Joseph and Mary to move. Because they don't know what I'm up to. They see themselves as waiting. But I see this taxing situation as actually a God thing. And some of you guys, I'm telling you, I'm living this a little bit currently. If you're not careful, you will curse what God is doing in your life by your words. Because you misjudge it. Listen. Listen. As if when God is working in our lives, everything is hunky-dory. If you are waiting for all the stars to get into alignment, for you to get the raise, for you to get the house, for you to never have an argument with your wife, for your kids to be 100% perfect, for them to be the star on the basketball team, for the every doctor's report to absolutely be perfect, for you to never cuss again in traffic, for you to never get in argument. If you're waiting for that, give it up. Quit judging what God is doing based off everything that you think is going right or wrong in your life. We have to be more sensitive and more mature than that. This taxing situation might have came through the lips of seeker Augustus, but it originated in the heart of Yahweh. I'm going to say it again. It might have came from the lips of Caesar Augustus, but it originated in the heart of Yahweh. And God will tax relationships to get you to move. And God will tax your job, Matthew, to get you to move. God will tax your parents to get you to move. God will tax you through your children to get you to move. God will tax you through your job to get you to move. He still will tax all the world. And God will tax where you were living to get you to move. And God will tax your current church to get you to move. I don't care what God taxes if it gets me where I'm supposed to be. Anybody ever been there? And the only thing you know to say is, God, I don't have a clue what's going on. But you ready for this? But I trust you. Hmm. I'm talking about, I'm doing everything I can to try to trace his hand, and I can't find nothing. But you got to learn to trust God when you can't trace him. If you don't, you will be up the creek without a paddle. And if you think God is going to reveal to you his whole plan, give it up. You better learn to trust God in the taxing situation even when you can't trace him in the taxing situation. Listen to what I'm telling you. There's a lot of people that aborted what God was trying to do in their life with their words because they were unaware that God was moving. Caesar said, I'm going to tax the whole world to get you in the place. And you know what the pressure created? The pressure created movement. God in his faithfulness didn't let us become comfortable. Some of you made moves because you thought stuff was God and you got there and all hell broke loose. And you're like, what in the world? Like legitimately. And then you say, God, did I miss you? Let me encourage you. If you went because you really thought it was the Lord and all hell broke loose, you did not miss God. And God never wastes faith. I'm telling you, if you move because you sincerely thought it was the Lord and everything fell apart, you didn't miss God. God can take everything you thought you missed. And bring it right back around through Jones Street. And drop it at your front door and say, this is what you thought you messed up. This is when you thought you had the wrong timing. This is when you thought you moved out of alignment. And maybe you did, but I'm God. And I make all things work together for the good of them that love me. That are called according to my purpose. And I'm the God that takes what the enemy meant for bad. And I make it for your good. I'm God. I can take virgins getting pregnant before birth. I can take men who have the possibility to stone their wife but chose not to do it, who were desperately afraid to get married. I can make all things work together for my good. I'm God. Trust me when you can't trace me. What was God trying to do? He was trying to get Joseph back to the house of his lineage, which was Davidic. You know what the taxing accomplishes here? God was trying to drive every man back to their own city, to the place where their identity came from. Jesus Christ, man. I'm going to throw this Bible across this sanctuary. What is God doing? The taxing drives me back to my source every time. And it was when Joseph made a 65-mile journey at a nine-month pregnancy on a donkey. That man of God, please. Man of God, all the way down. I can just, I, 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 can, oh, I can see Mary right now. Joseph, we about there? <laughs> I'm like, you got it. You got it, man. You riding the donkey. I'm walking right here like 65 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. We about there. No, we about to need Jerry Springer is what we about to need. Anyway, for y'all don't know who Jerry Spring, go Google it. But anyway, maybe Mari Povich. Just be careful, though, just. And you are not the father. <laughs> you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I watch couples like Stephen and Tiffany. I know a little bit of their story. I've watched them struggle in different areas of their life. She wouldn't mind me saying I've watched them desperately want to be at a better place financially. At most, she would call me, ask me questions about things. They would say, man, what is going on? What's going on?" man, I don't, honestly, I don't always know. But I watch what God's doing in their life now. Which was started back then, but we couldn't see it. Oh, Jesus. Mary conceived Jesus in Nazareth. But she didn't give birth to it until she got to Bethlehem. And God will start something in you in one season. But you don't get to give birth to it until you get to the next season. But if it's destined to be born in Bethlehem and you choose not to make the journey there because Nazareth is comfortable, then you abort what God is doing. Jesus, she conceived it in Nazareth, but she couldn't give birth until she got to the house of bread, which is Bethlehem. You hearing it? And it was that while they were there, the scripture says, her days of completion had come. And this is funny. So she, I mean, you got to understand millions of people, if not hundreds of thousands at least, were going back to their home cities traveling. Bethlehem is a very, very small town. In their day, when family came in, they didn't have hotels. When it says there was no room in the inn, it's not saying like they, they didn't have any room at, at Motel 6. And they didn't even leave the light on for Jesus. Isn't that bad? That's not what they were saying. In their day, most houses had like a, a, a top floor, and that's where you would put guests. I mean, they were like square houses, maybe the size of that room back there, 300 square feet, and maybe another one on top of it. Small houses. By the time, I mean, she's pregnant. It took a really long time. By the time they got to Bethlehem, all their family members had beat them there. And when Joseph is like, "Hey, you know, Mary's, you guys you got any room at all? She's about to give birth," and they're like, "Man, we don't have anything, nothing." The only thing we have open is the bottom floor, which is a place where they would put farm equipment at night, or if it got really cold or they had sick animals, they would let them stay in there. And so Joseph, that's the only place he had to take Mary. So they're on the bottom floor where the animals are this particular night, and she just starts giving birth. She starts giving birth. How do you think Joseph was feeling? I can't do nothing better than this. Like, man, like. King. i'm just as a man i'll t- I tell you how i'll be feeling right as a man it's out man like i'm i'm a horrible husband right here he couldn't even say that because he wasn't even married i'm i'm just i don't even i don't i don't have anywhere to lay him i don't even have a i don't have a crib to the first and she gives birth and there's blood and there's water you know there's crying I don't know how he cut the umbilical cord or what he used. There's a a trough that they feed the cows out of, made of stone sitting there with some hay. And they thought, you know, I just can't live on the hay. And they find some pieces of cloth and they wrap Jesus up in those cloths and they lay him in a manger. Once again, now, if I was God and I'm sending my son to the planet, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm going to, what'd you say? The four seasons. There ain't gonna be no Lakinta, I can tell you that much. I'm going straight to Caesar Augustus' house to get out, boss. I'm smiting you with boils, I'm smiting you with the worst diarrhea of a all. Get out the house. Go. I told you about eating pie pies. Now you're done, your stomach's all messed up. Get up out of here, right? Couldn't even get up in. That's what I if I'd have been God, I'd have took the best of my day. No, God takes a woman not married to her soon-to-be husband, makes her pregnant, knowing they're going to call the boy a bastard child, then says, i on a 65, 65-mile journey on a donkey's back, and then they get there late because they can't move at full, p- at full pace. Come on, have you ever gotten upset at your pace? I'm only doing what you told me to do, and it just ain't working out right. It's Mary and Joseph. Don't feel bad. We're not the first ones that this happened to. By the time I get here, everybody else get to their destination before me, and I know they ain't serving you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all quiet like church mice. I cannot tell you how many times I'm like, God, I know they don't serve you. Yeah. And I watched their Instagram feed. Yeah. Yeah. Their marriage seemed perfect. Kids' hair is never out of place. You know, taking selfies in her cubicle, smiling. Their job is on point. Their life is perfect. But I'm here serving you, and I can't get anywhere in this place called life. They got here and took my spot. But thank God for mangers. Why was the son of Yahweh born in a manger, a feeding trough? Because he would be the one that all of humanity was to feast off of for the rest of eternity. He would be the bread of life to all humanity. He would go on to say, is not my flesh bread? Is not my blood wine? I see so much in this story. This story is really speaking to us about not quitting in the journey. The story is speaking to us. Watch this. About having peace at some very non-peaceful times. What God is doing in you is not just for you. Other people are going to benefit from it. This helps me. I now, when I look around this room, why do my eyes swell up with tears often as I share with you? Because in my heart I saw this, but my mind made me doubt it a thousand times, man. And I look around, I'm like, whoa, God saw Noblin being here. And God saw the, the relationship that I would have with Matt. And God saw the Birmingham's coming here. And God saw Katie coming here. I wanted to say I saw that, but I didn't always see that. All I could see was what was in front of me. But it wasn't just for me, see? It was for other people. There were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock. And an angel appeared to them, and the Bible says his glory began to shine. Watch this now. And the angel said, do not be afraid. Taylor, would you come back to the keys for me, bro? Just play for a little bit. Do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. What? Understand this. The gospel did not start on a cross. The gospel started in a manger. And Jesus was good news to the planet before he ever did one miracle. He was the embodiment of good news. The incarnation didn't start at an in tomb. The incarnation started in a manger. This is crazy to me. It was such good news that the angel said, I got to go tell somebody. I had got to go tell somebody. He went and found shepherds. And he says, the first people I'm going to reveal this to is not the preachers. I'm not revealing to Sadducees, scribes, and Pharisees. I'm going to find shepherds. <laughs> I'm going to find shepherds, Mark, because the lamb man's just been born. Because the Lamb of God, Matt, had just been born. It's born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What's the sign? You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. You know why that's important? He's going to be laying in a manger. Man, what a crazy sign. The Passion Translation has a beautiful note in it. The place where these shepherds kept their flocks, it it starts with the letter M. I'll, I'll mispronounce the name. But this was a place where they would literally raise a special lamb that they would give for the purpose of sacrificing. And when that special lamb, that lamb without spot or blemish was really born, they would always take that lamb. And these were the shepherds who would do it. They would take that lamb and so that he wouldn't get bruised because if he was bruised or hurt, you couldn't offer him in a sacrifice. They would take that lamb, Tiffany, and they would always wrap him in, in strips of cloth. And they would put hay in a manger and they would lamb him in there so that he wouldn't hurt himself because they had to keep him right, see. So when they heard, man, baby, swallowing cloth in a manger, guess what they thought of? Could it, I mean, could it be? Could it really be? And they go. And they said, it's just like he told us. Can you imagine them sliding in to see Mary and Joseph? And they're probably embarrassed. Mary and Joseph are like, we can't have our kid. And they're like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Alyssa, it's okay. What you're holding, this is God to us. This is God. They worship the greatest move of God, even though it hadn't even moved yet. They worshiped the miracle worker when he hadn't done no miracles yet. I want to say this. Taylor, man, I hope this speaks specifically to y'all, man. I want to say this. Can you honor and worship what God is doing in your life in its immaturity? Wise men brought gifts to him as a child. They worshiped him as a babe. I could have seen if he was a great miracle. But they didn't see any of that. They just said, God, you said this about him, and I believe it. I am doing my best to get to a place. I'm not there yet, but I have left. Where if God says, Joshua, I'm going to do this in you, that I can start rejoicing over it in that moment as if it was already done. <laughs> and they were able to worship a baby in a manger. How crazy is that? Don't just read the Bible. You got to read and see what's going on. When the angels gave this annunciation, the Bible says that the heavens became filled with angels and a choir appeared, a worship team as it were. And they began to say, glory to Yahweh in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace toward all men. We say crazy things like, boy, service was long and they wouldn't. It? And his name shall be called Wonderful Council, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He said peace is going to come to the earth through Jesus. See, in the world that we live in, peace is this thing that it's the absence of problems. Me and my wife, Lindsay, we're at peace because we're not fussing. I mean, I got peace on my job because there's no altercations there. right? Our nation is at peace because we're not fighting. See, the world that we live in, peace is the absence of problems. But in the kingdom of God, peace is not the absence of a problem. Peace is the presence of a person. He is the prince of peace. (laughs) I don't care where your life is. I'm going to tell you something. You have peace. I'm going to even go even bolder. Peace has me. John 14, Jesus is getting ready to leave the planet a few, in a few days, getting ready to go to a cross. You know what he tells the disciples? He says, my peace give I unto you, Jason. What? You don't have a peace like Jesus. You have the peace of Jesus. He's the prince of peace. He said, I'm giving it all to you. This is what Jesus does. Mary didn't know when she gave birth, she gave birth, she was holding healing in her hands. Come on. She was holding the Lamb of God in her hands. She was holding the Prince of Peace in her hands. Watch this. A mother gave birth to a boy that was her son that was still her father. (laughs) She gave birth to a boy that was her son who was a prince that was her father. don't you despise the journey trust him can i tell you even recently my wife and I man sometimes we have a conversation i'm just be honest i'm like what's crazy right now babe like and there's times she's my biggest cheerleader and there's cuz you know she's believing everything we ble- we thought we heard god say and there's times like she might be doubtful and i'm her biggest cheerleader and there's times we just meet in the middle and we got to encourage one another that's okay that's okay I just want to encourage you, don't despise the journey. And if you have a taxing situation right now, it's okay. It's creating a pressure that's moving you to the place you need to be. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Wow, Jesus, you're amazing. Going in 15 minutes earlier today, Jesus, you're amazing. tries to make me doubt I remind myself that Life is taxing. When I can't see and understand, great. telling you there's going to be times you got to be your own prophet. Sometimes I don't need nobody to call me and give me a word. And if they do that, I'll know it's God. I'm telling you, you can look in your, your own eyes in the mirror and say, Joshua, thus saith the Lord. Joshua, thus saith the Lord. You are everything God ever said to you were. Can I tell you how I had to talk to myself? Joshua, thus saith the Lord, I'm bigger than all your insecurities. Joshua, thus saith the Lord, I'm greater than all the reasons why you think you can't do what I'm asking you to do. (laughs) Man, there's times I just need help or I need some encouragement. and, And my friend Matt will slip me a random text and I'm like, man, I need it. They didn't know that. God knows how to get to you what you need five minutes and I'm done if you feel like your life is extremely taxing right now and you're in the middle of a journey I want to minister grace to you right now to remain faithful in the thing that God has called you to do do not grow weary in your well doing you are going to reap if you faint not. I minister Hebrews 10, 36 to you. You have need of endurance right now and receive it. I give you endurance right now so that after you've done the will of Yahweh, you will obtain His promise. I say to you right now, huh, when you've done all to stand, stand ye therefore, stand ye therefore, having your lawns guard about with truth. Jesus said, I hold you in my hands and nobody can pluck you out. If you feel really weak right now, I got a great word for you. His grace is sufficient for you. And even in the middle of your weakness, his strength is going to be made perfect. Your strength is going to bear witness. Your weakness is going to bear witness to his strength in you. And by the way, this isn't by your might. This isn't by your own strength, nor is it by your own wisdom, nor is it by your own connections, nor is it by your own finances, but this is by my spirit, saith the Lord. You know what Micah said, the prophecy that Joseph was trying to fulfill? He said, oh Ephraim, the smallest amongst your tribes, but out of you, the rulers come You feel like you're the smallest and the least significant. God said, that's why I'm going to do it through you. For not many mighty are called. For not many noble are called. No, but don't I take the base things of the world to confound the mighty and the weak things to confound the strong. This is my doing, sister. Receive grace right now. Come on, extend your hands. Receive the grace to endure right now in Jesus' name. I minister that to you. Receive the grace to go forward. I'm telling you, it's going to be the best Christmas season some of you guys have ever had. And I don't mean because the amount of gifts that you had. I mean the gift of peace that's being unlocked on the inside of you. I'm telling you, you're going to have more joy in your Savior than you've ever had before. And when you feel like quitting, I pray that Joseph says, don't do it, don't do it. I pray that the witness of Mary say, don't you dare do it. Because great is his faithfulness. Come on one more time, Ashley. One more time as a family. Right now, right now. Come on, one more time. love you today. Thank you for your kindness to us. We're honored for this Advent season and everything that the birth of Christ means. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your goodness. I encourage hearts today, Holy Spirit. I pray that they live vividly in remembrance of this moment throughout the remainder of their week. Thank you for allowing us to impact families. In Jesus' name. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the Giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.